Hello and welcome to the Case Reopening Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and I'm joined by Colleen, as always. And today we are going to be covering half of episode 174. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we laughing? This is very it's serious. A two hour, it's a two-hour special, and that was too much work. <laughs> we, we had a whole extra week, still didn't get the damn nose done. So we're just covering the first hour of the second hour uh, next week. So be on the lookout for that. But it's the 20-year-old murderous intent, the Symphony Serial Murder Case. It's a, a Haiji Hattori episode and uh, a big two-hour special, which was too many notes than I could fit into my schedule. This originally aired January 3rd, 2000. So it's the first episode of a whole millennia, calling. We made it. We're in the 2000s, finally. Goodbye, 90s. I'm going to miss you. Yeah, we're celebrating this amazing occasion by making it a two-part podcast. Yeah, that it was totally planned. Yeah, because we're, we're next week will be episode 100, and so we needed a great case for episode 100 of the podcast. Duh. Yeah, obviously that's what happened it had nothing to do with not having time yeah as soon as we started talking over skype colleen was like real great job with the po- with the podcast notes yeah <laughs> just the most passive aggressive <laughs> statement i had ever heard seriously? seriously i'm trying to pay you a compliment <laughs> Oh, real nice job, yeah. Half the episode you wrote up, yeah. But we soldier on through the insults. And the Conan's hint for this episode is tennis ball. And Conan says, everyone, happy new year. Perfect for a special. A full two hours. Au contraire, Conan. One hour for us. One hour next week. (laughs) So we start with a flashback here 20 years ago. Uh, there's a baseball game being played on the radio, and that's when we see a man get shot several times, and then he falls off a cliff into the ocean. Two other men ask if he's dead, and the shooter says he took four shots to the body, so he's surely a goner. And he says, even the organizer of the shadows, Kano Saizu, will now drown in the ocean. Another asks if he had to die, but his partner said he had to. Since Saizu wanted to turn himself in after killing a bank employee. They then reveal 300 of the 400 million yen that they stole is marked. So they'll have to wait 20 years to use any of it. And the shooter tosses a 10,000 yen bill into the water as a funeral gift. And he says, don't blame us, boss. So this is quite the opening. We usually don't get flashbacks at all, let alone going 20 years in the past. What do you think about this opening? Oh, super intriguing. Um, Like, I'm a sucker for anything, like, cold Casey, where you take something um, like this from 20 years ago and we're going to relive it or, like, come back to it. So, yeah, I was uh, super invested already into what we're about to see. And so back in the present, Conan and Ron are solving a newspaper puzzle ad in order to enter a contest. The first 10 people that show up with the item will go on an 
All expenses paid cruise, the question asked, during the Showa era, something important that most Japanese people had. Do you still have it? Ram believes the answer is a record, but Kagero says it's a samurai doujin, which is a life-size model used for studying swordplay. And they cannot be further off the mark, as Conan says it's a 10,000 yen bill. And they're like, well, I guess we'll we'll go with the kid's (laughs) answer. He's usually right. He is. About these stupid trivia things. Conan is correct, and they get to enter the cruise ship as a result. We then see a couple get turned away that brought Rubik's Cubes. And then we saw a small child chasing after a frilled neck (laughs) lizard. Did you spot this, Colleen? This is fantastic. Um, it appears that this was a animal anime-only joke. Is this didn't appear in the manga? Instead, uh, Kogoro mentions that uh, this type of lizard was a popular pet during the Showa era. So it, it's kind of too bad that in the manga we don't see later this gag of the kid um, chasing it. But I'm super glad that. Uh, they added it in the episode. Just that nice little touch. Uh, one second. I had notes about this. Let me, let me find them. Oh, so okay. You said, you said, where did you find out it was a popular pet? Oh, it's in uh, the manga. It's on page five. Yeah. Wait. I thought you said this was an anime original joke. Sorry. The, <laughs> um, the kid chasing the lizard... I mean, I'm interpreting it as an anime-only joke because it's not in the manga. Uh, the the lizard bit is only mentioned by Kogro. Okay. So, I did find out something. I was so distraught by this lizard that I had to look up more. And I spent about an hour <laughs> looking up frilled neck, uh, the frilled neck lizard facts. And so there's a car commercial, the Mitsubishi Irimaki Mirage, that used the Frill Nick Lizard. It was a 1984 commercial. And apparently this was so popular in the 80s that, like, Frill Neck Lizards were the, the, like, cool animal in the 80s in Japan. And then I found this... It was also popularized later in the 80s. It appeared on Waku Waku Animal Land. And so uh, it got very very big there. I guess it just became an icon. They were selling merchandise. I found trading cards that were just frilled neck lizards. Um, (laughs) It was big in Japan. Just no particular character. It's just the animal. Yeah, for real. That's so fascinating. Yeah, so uh, that's why I didn't get my nose stuck. (laughs) You can blame the frilled neck lizard, I guess. (laughs) Hey, you had priorities. You had to find out about it. Well, now I was you're so confused. Like, I saw this creature. I saw this creature just running about, and I was like, "What the hell was that? Was that a dinosaur? Was it like a little <laughs> like Jurassic Park? What the hell was that?" Then eventually, I found out it was a frilled neck lizard. And I was like, "Well, why the hell is that in Japan? Because it's native to Australia. It's not like a Japanese species, you know." And so. Then I had to figure that out. I found it was popular in the 80s. and Oh, okay. Now I'm getting it. So you're saying it was popular then. And they were talking about 20 years ago. The show era. 
So they were like, yeah, okay, I'm getting this. I'm getting so kid brought that to show. Okay, and then it got loose and he was chasing it. Okay, I didn't. I never understood why it was there at first. Yeah, but now, but that uh, scene, like at the dock, isn't in the manga. Like they, they basically skip. Like they show the the couple with the Rubik's cube, but they don't show the kid with the lizard. Unfortunately, it's just diminished to like a conversation between Kogoro and uh, Ron and Conan. All right, so there we go. So we we all learned something today, hopefully. Oh, I definitely That's... did. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Uh, like, with the the this was in a car commercial and trading cards, like. I don't know. Maybe the lizard's going to come back one of these days. Those trading cards are probably worth something now. I posted the car commercial on our Discord. It's a very good commercial. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, Ron learns that seven people entered the cruise ship before them, and since Conan doesn't count because he's a child, one more will be allowed entry. Ron is impressed by how gorgeous the ship is, and they get a two-bedroom room. Ron asks the front desk if Furukawa Masaru, the person that organized the trip, is on the boat as she wants to thank them. However, the employees haven't met him yet as everything was done over the phone and somebody believes he's waiting at Ogasawa, which is where the destination is. Another person boards the ship and it's Inspector Toji Samazaki. He recognizes Kogoro and he's like, oh, so they used to work together. And we learned that he retired two years ago. And he tells Ron that she has become quite the looker. Uh, did you get creepy vibes from him? He seemed kind of horny here. Yeah, I don't know if it was just the fan sub or what was going on. He like The, the translation in the manga isn't as bad. Uh, but yeah, definitely got creepy vibes, at least from the uh, the episode. He said he wanted to see the ocean since today is a special day. But Kogoro has no clue what he's talking about and Samazaki just laughs. He then asks Kogoro, Hey, what happened to that sexy wife of yours? Surely she's come back since she ran ran away. Yeah, so that's when I was like, man. He has a point though. Eerie, quite the looker. (laughs) Yeah, Kogoro just deflects the question, and then an older man named Teriyoshi Kamada interrupts the conversation. He just holds up a stamp, and everybody looks at him very weirdly, and then he, (laughs) (laughs) and then he he walks away, and he drops the stamp. Ron picks it up, and she takes a look, and she returns it to him. She then says, thank you very much, with a big smile, which confuses Kogoro. And probably Kamada, too. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm just trying to be awkward here. Stop thanking me for things. Kamada then runs into another guest, Kora Isha, who holds up a key and says he's been waiting for him. He then suggests that they get a drink. The tenth man is Minoru Abina, who then checks in and the boat is almost ready to depart. The malattendant says they're just waiting on an old man that went to get something he forgot. But the female tenant says he came back and said he was going to take a nap and not to wake him until supper time. After Minoru speaks, Samazaki recognizes his voice and asks if they met before. He says this is the first time they've met and then he walks off. Kagura laughs and he asks the inspector if he just found a wanted criminal. Oh, if only you knew, Kagura. If only you knew. <laughs> 
The female attendant mentions that there's another detective on board, the Saint Symphony, but says he doesn't look like one. Did you do you assume it was uh, Hattori from that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I guess I assumed it. I I wasn't quite sure how he was going to make his entrance. Um, so yeah, I figured okay, we're probably talking about Heiji. The ship departs, and Ron has a Titanic moment. As she yells, I am the king of the world in English. What'd you, th- <laughs> what'd you think about this tribute here? Was this in the oh, manga? I, I... Cause I felt like it couldn't have been. When did that movie come out? Titanic. Uh, 1997. There you go. Was that in the movie though? Or was that so, in the yeah, manga? It... Do you know? It is. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it was cute. I mean, Ron kind of just letting go, doing something she's always wanted to do. And I feel like that's one of those things that you just get on a boat and want to do it. I have done it my... Like, I've never shouted out <laughs> that quote, but I have spread out my arms and things oh, like that. God. So it's just one so of those... Lame. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, come on, yeah. Spreading your arms out. Going, <laughs> I'm the king of the world, yeah. Real cool. Kenan and Kegaro are embarrassed, and Kenan says she always wanted to do that. And Kegaro's like, she watches too many movies. What she, What is she going to do if we really do sink? We then meet an eccentric guest named Kujirai Sato, who walks up and says, with such a beautiful scene, you can't help but want to call that out. We then meet a young female passenger, Nagisa Isugai, who says that the ocean will hide everything away. Even a corpse. What a buzzkill this woman is. I was just about to say, what a downer. You can leave now. It was interesting. This is one of the few times where there's like an attractive young lady and Koger is not like going gaga. Maybe it was because of the corpse line immediately. He was like, that's that's not my type. And he just grossed out. But <laughs> he never gets real uh, worked up about her. No, that's so true. Uh and I, it's funny because I didn't miss it necessarily. Like when it's there, you know, whatever. It's it's a good laugh. It's Kogoro. It's annoying if he's too pervy. But uh, when it's not there, I, I didn't even uh, notice it not being there. Ron follows up on the line and Nagisa says that she lost her father in the ocean years ago. She mentions wanting to thank the person who organized the tour and Ron says that she knows who it is. The stamp that the man dropped had Furukawa written on it. She then points the man out as being Kamada and believes he's going to tell everybody his secret identity at supper time. It's then dinner time. Susamazaki fetches Kogoro from the deck to come inside. During the meal, Nagisa is surprised to learn Kogoro's identity. We then see Kamada tell Kurahisa that he's going back to his room, and Kurahisa says he's weak on boats as ever. So this is real, this is a big red flag, because it seemed like, you know, these people definitely knew each other. That's right. So did you pick up on, like, obviously they wouldn't just share that murder at the beginning for no reason, but were you like, oh, okay, so it's all these guys are connected to that case then, and the two guys knowing each other must be the, uh, two criminals then uh yeah i was putting those pieces together um i didn't realize 
And I don't know if I want to mention it now because I can't actually recall if it was revealed in this part or if we're going to cover it next week. But uh, I didn't realize that they had uh, like changed something. Um, oh yeah, we learned that about themselves. Oh, it's this one. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize they did. They had plastic surgery. Um, so it, it's kind of neat because they can't recognize each other. So they have like these special signs that they're doing to. Um, to, like tell their former partners who they are yeah they're all um, showing each other objects so yeah. like uh we see the one guy shows like a key off later one guy's showing off the stamp repeatedly so it seems like everybody has a tell to be like hey recognize me wink wink exactly kujirai asks about the elderly man on board and an employee says he's a marine biologist named kanu saizo that causes almost everybody on board to react shocked by hearing that. Because, of course, as we found out earlier, that's the guy that died. So he shouldn't be on the boat. What's going on? Samazaki demands to know what room he's in, and he's told it is room 101. Kagura says that name is familiar, and Samazaki's like, You moron, it's the mastermind behind the 400 million yen heist. And apparently they were both on the case 20 years ago. We then see Kamada return to his room, and that's when he spots a letter underneath the door. He smiles, and then he enters an area that says, Do not enter, which is always a very good idea, and you definitely won't get murdered there. Maybe he's just a rebel. He's like, I'm not going to listen to these signs. They can't tell me what to do. Back at room 101, the employee opens the room for Samazaki, but they find it completely empty, and it appears nobody was ever there. They then split up to search for the man. Meanwhile, we see Kamada enter a room at the back of the ship, and he asks for the man. He's like, hey, where you at, man? Looking for you. <laughs> and that's when a silence gun gets placed right on his forehead, and the trigger is pulled. So, uh, he's dead. Well, um, that's too bad. <laughs> I really wanted to know so much more about him. Oh, yeah. Kegra decides to check the detective's room in 102 and yells at the man inside multiple times. The man slams open the door, which hits Kegra. He's actually on the floor, which I thought was funny. And uh, the person screams, shut up already. And to everybody's surprise, it's Haji Hattori. He's here, Colleen. There he is. Were you excited? You like Hattori, so... He's my favorite character. Hell yeah. I was like, exactly. yeah, Hattori. And then immediately, when I saw him here, I was like, oh yeah, this is the one where he gets thrown off the damn boat. So <laughs> we're not going to see him much. He's, I, I should have timed it. He's probably around for, what, like 20 to 30 minutes? Yeah, it's definitely not a two-hour special of Haiji, sadly. But he plays this role. Um, he's like, why the hell are you guys here? And Kegaru <laughs> tells him everything about the situation. And he says that Saizu was the mastermind behind the robbery. And that his plan had zero flaws. His trademark was that he never hurt anybody during his crimes. What a, what a gentleman thief. You know, I'm going to destroy the economy. I'm going to steal people's savings. I would never hurt anybody. What do you think about Not this? Not physically. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess there's a certain 
Um, I mean, I, I guess I admire a certain moral compass, but if you're gonna bother, like, I mean, there's different ways you can hurt people, not just physically, so, um, yeah. Maybe he just shouldn't have been a thief. However, something went wrong, and a man was killed 20 years ago by accident, and the thief disappeared. His jacket was found with gunshot wounds in it, so it looked like he was dead. However, Samazaki appears, and he says that Saizo isn't dead, and the jacket was just a trick he used to run away from the police. He says that federal heist can be tried up to 20 years, so they could still get the money back if Saizo's partners are arrested. Samazaki says that today is a special day, since the robbery occurred 20 years ago tomorrow, so they just have until midnight to arrest him. It's already 10pm, so they only have two hours. I like this. I like. what are the odds? Yeah, I do like this, though. It's like, uh, the clock's ticking here. And boy, this two hours go by, goes by very fast. It's like a five-minute span. Yeah. And it's... It's kind of anticlimactic, too, because you'd think, okay, maybe they'll figure something out by then, but just like, well, and now it's past midnight, and we suck. Yeah, I thought that was going to be, like, the whole, like, drama of the episode. Like, could they solve this whole case in the two-hour span? But it goes a different route. So Ron notices Hattori and she greets him. She asks if Kazuha came with him. And he says, why does she come in right there? That doesn't matter, does it? Don't put me together with you guys. And he's referring to Ron and Shinichi. And Ron's confused by the comments. And she's with Conan. And then Hattori has to cover. He's like, oh, you know, uh, your family really gets along well, you know? Oh, yeah, that's smooth. Smooth hygiene. I do love that he can. he's always... Like sloppy with his words, and he always references Shinichi somehow. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, Kud uh, Conan, what do you think about that?" Ron doesn't want to be alone with the since there's a dangerous person roaming the boat, so she drags Satori down to the restaurant with her. After that, Ron says, "I'll be waiting, Dad, to Koguro," and that's when Samazaki has flashbacks of his own daughter saying those words. And he gets a pained look on his face. So what's your theory on his daughter being involved here? Do you think, like, maybe she was involved with the who died here? Because it seems to keep popping up here. Um, At this point, I don't think I made the connection that she was involved in the case. Um, I gathered from the flashback that his daughter is no longer alive. But... Um, yeah, it's it's even more satisfying when you realize that she is somehow connected to this whole history and she is connected to other people on this boat as well. So, um, yeah, they did a really good job uh, of, like, conveying that story more than I could have, more than I, I even uh, guessed at, that, at this point. Yeah, and uh, I guess, like, this gives it, some reasoning as to why it's so personal for uh, Samazaki here. Because uh, apparently oh, his yeah. daughter was involved in the case. Uh, him and Kogoro then decide to start looking again in the ship from top to bottom. 
Tori says he came on the boat due to a weird letter being sent by Furukawa Masaru. One week ago, he got a letter asking him to come to Ogasawa for work. There was 100,000 yen included as payment, but the 10,000 uh, yen bills were old. The letter told him that these bills were key to being let on board. Tori says he doesn't accept money for his work, so he came to return, return the bills and to see what the case was. I feel like once he's a little older, he will start accepting money for his work. <laughs> yeah, he's going to turn into a regular Kogoro. Like, give me that money. But yeah, I, I I think this is the first time we hear that Haiji works pro bono, which, uh, I mean, it's kind of cool because he's just there for the thrill of it. Was the Tori involved in the that foreigner case where it was like, I talked the to spider English, house thing? But- yeah, was he in yes, that one? Yeah, or no? he was in that one. I think he got a letter then and was returning money as well. I oh, could okay. be wrong with that. But I remember he, he at least got a letter and got invited. I'm not sure if he had money that point, but I thought he did. I don't know. So it's one of these two. I'll be really but... interested to see in like the newer episodes, like 700 upwards, if Hattori's still getting letters or if it's like emails and text messages. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess, like, an unmarked letter is as anonymous as you can get, because it's, like, there's going to be an, even if it's, like, a duplicate email, there's going to be some sort of clue if you send an email, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't see Haiji, like, doing a, a analysis of people's writing. Like, I don't think he has the the database to do anything like that. Kujirai is struggling to light a cigarette with a lighter, so Koreisha offers him a match while showing him a key, and Minoru's watching as this all happens. Nagisa asks them all to play cards with her in the rec room. We then go back to the search, and now there's less than an hour left. Samazaki vows not to give up, and they decide to search the boat again. Meanwhile, Ron is just whooping ass at cards. She just wins every single hand color. <laughs> It was fantastic. <laughs> I think we saw Very her like being good at gambling before, like anything. I feel like we saw that before, where she was like winning. It was either card games or like uh, some some type of betting thing. It was definitely in one of the episodes before. I wouldn't so be I surprised. She is Kogro's she takes daughter. after her father. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, so Minoru asks Corey. Uh, Korihisha for the time and loons it is five minutes until midnight. That hour went by pretty quick then. <laughs> oh, well. Tori notes that they've been looking at the time often and asks if anything's the matter. Korihisha says that tomorrow is an important day for him and then he goes to the bar to drink with Nagisa. She asks him if the important day is the day his girlfriend died and she asks him if that's why he's drinking a Bloody Mary. And she says, you're not going to say that's the day that your beloved princess died, are you? He says, that's not the case. And she's just such a buzzkill, isn't she? She's like, everybody (laughs) dies. I hope you don't care about it. Yeah, I I thought I was watching an episode without Hybara. (sighs) (laughs) Why are you the way that you are? She doesn't talk know. like that. She doesn't say, 
She's not going to say that your princess died. Huh? I barely doesn't say that. She's calculated. She's cool. It's all in the she, delivery. Uh, anyhow, he says that it isn't the case. And that's when Kegger arrives. He sits down and says that Saizo is nowhere to be found. All the other adults then decide to leave. And while paying his tab, Minoru notices his wallet's missing. And Korihisa says he found one on the ground and hands it to him. And then... He's, like, searching through the wallet, counting every single dollar. It's like, dude, I didn't steal your shit. What the hell, man? <laughs> no, this is good, though. Like, this is why I love the show. It's the tiny little details, and this actually becomes important later on. Kujirai says he's just going to the restroom and that he'll be back. Once it hits midnight, Samazaki joins them and says that time has ran out. He gets a beer, and Kagura lights his cigarette for him. And they decide to just, let's get plastered, brother. Let's drink. And so they're <laughs> drinking their sars away when Kujirai returns. Just about five minutes later, they hear a gunshot. So they run up the stairs to see what happened. That's when they see the ship's white flag is burning. And Conan spots a 10,000 yen bill with a knife. Uh, through it and there's a bunch of writing on it that says showing my back against the clashing of the ocean waves illuminated by the heroic light my shadow shall be revived what do you think about this letter here oh it was very poetic um creepy um and i really i really wanted the guy to be alive what was his name sizo Saizu, yeah, I really wanted him to, you know, appear again, so, um, I don't know, he, he could keep that mystery, <laughs> or not keep it, I guess, I was gonna say keep it alive, but it, yeah, that would be counterintuitive. Anyways, I just wanted him to come back, it'd be cool. <laughs> well, we pretty clearly saw him get shot multiple times at the beginning, seemed like his chances of showing up were pretty slim to none. Yeah, there was that one character that's like, oh, well, maybe he faked it. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe. Kujirai freaks out upon hearing uh, those words read and he yells, he was alive. An explosion then occurs on the deck, which winds up being the box that had the emergency ladder in it. Conan spots a person burning inside it and the man's unidentifiable until Minoru says that the watch is Korahisa's. So... Interesting, Colleen. I thought the man was unidentifiable. Well, until you see the the watch. His, his, his body was burnt to a crisp. You couldn't tell who it was from the skeleton alone, you know? Yeah. This is pretty gruesome, I guess. I mean, Conan, uh, the show sometimes shows us, like, people, their expressions after they're murdered, but... Uh, Burnt bodies don't come that often. Well, Nagisa finds it hilarious. She says, it really makes you laugh. Because look at that pose. He's raising his arms to his upper body as if to show us the watch. But yeah, everyone's just rolling in laughter. Tori explains that it's due to heat stiffening as the skeletal muscle gets stiffened by heat because there are more muscles that pull than stretch in the human body. Did you know that, Colleen? No, I did not. I learned something. Well, uh, so you learned about the frilled neck lizard's role 
in 80s Japan <laughs> and our muscles and heat. Fun stuff. These are all very important things. And um, yeah, I will definitely take that with me to my next uh, cocktail party conversation. Hattori says there's an issue with the watch strap as it came off. Kogoro also notices a can rolling around the body's foot. He says the explosion was likely caused by igniting gasoline that was inside, which then caused the watch to come off from impact. There was also a tarp that came off as when they were searching the ship, they saw a tarp covering the box, and it was tied with rope from the outside. So there couldn't have been anybody in there, so they were like, we're not going to check that giant box that could hold a body. Why would we? <laughs> That's right. Kagura tells Samazaki about Hattori, and he reveals, and Samazaki says, Hey, I was friends with Haiji's dad, Haizu. And he says they used to complete, they used to compete in Kendo, but Samazaki always lost to Haiji's father. The Samazaki guy knows everybody. Next, he's going to say that he knows Megure. Well, I'm sure he does. I mean, they work together on the police force. <laughs> if he worked with Kogoro, then yeah. <laughs> That's like the least shocking of the people he knows. <laughs> I, mean, I would hope he would know Megure. It'd be weird if he didn't know him. <laughs> so Kona notices a strange substance on his skin, and that's when Hattori says it's silicone, which meant that he had plastic surgery to change his face, Colleen. So this is what you brought up earlier. These people all changed their face so they could hide and not get caught out by the law. I mean, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> So with that, they believe he was one of the culprits in the heist, and that means Kamada is one as well, since they were acting like old friends. Meanwhile, Kujirai is also likely one, as he was acting weird, and he yelled out, He was alive! So we, we seemingly have the three thieves uh, spotted here. Then we have the rest of the cast that's also very suspicious. So... Well, did you have any theories as to everybody's involvement here? I thought that uh, Samazaki was going to um, do some bad stuff. I thought maybe at this point that uh, is, we we have seen episodes before where Kogoro's friends or like past colleagues end up um, committing crimes. So I thought maybe that was the, the direction that this episode was going to go in and um, we saw that flashback of the daughter. Maybe that there's like some sort of revenge plot brewing. So I I was still suspicious of him. I'd hope not because then like at some point Megary's gonna kill somebody <laughs> if that if every right. single one of Kogoro's friends it just winds up being a murderer at some point that'd be quite the bummer. That. Oh, I, I really want, actually want to see that. Not, not sorry. I should clarify. Not actually see Megary kill somebody, but have him suspected. Because we've seen like Kogoro gets uh, suspected for. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily murders, but uh, he is a suspect at some point. So I would love to see Megary in the hot seat. Well, Kogoro has also been suspected of sexual harassment, and uh, he's guilty of that many, many, many times. <laughs> And yet he somehow gets away with it. 
So Conan and Hattori break down the message on the 10,000 yen bill. And they decipher that it meant that it is the partners killed Saizu. Hattori isn't sure who the old man that disappeared is. And they kind of, they basically say, huh, maybe he was a fake. And that he never really existed at all. And that's what, then he wonders why they all showed up the day the case is to be lifted. They also wonder about the weird contest that was put in the newspaper as an ad by Furukawa Masaru. So, a lot of questions here. Yeah. Did, were you, um, putting together any theories yourself? No, I'm, (laughs) I'm clueless, man. I have no, (laughs) I have no clue where this is going. Uh, well, I'll talk to it in a bit, but it seems like the, the girl had a... Well, she's talked about it a few times. I, I thought her father was going to be Saizu. I don't know if that's still going to be the case or not, but that that seemed like what they were telegraphing. Um, But maybe it's something different. I don't know. Who can say? Conan always has 50 twists. <laughs> and so after this, uh, Samazaki is interrogating Kujirai... He's playing dumb. He's like, who's alive? I don't, I said that. I said he's, he's alive. Who's alive? I don't know. You're alive. Maybe I was talking about you. You're not fooling anybody. Kujirai. Kogar then talks to all the crew members and he learns that everybody had an alibi during the explosion. Samazaki suspects that Saizu is the person that committed the murder here, but Nagisa says it could have been Kamada went back to his room after complaining of seasickness, and nobody's seen him since. I like how they just totally forgot this guy existed. <laughs> right. He made such a great first impression. Oh, do, do you want to see my stamp? Oh, okay. Oh, no, okay. Oops, I, I just dropped it. I'll go back to my room and die. Okay. Oh. They decide to check his room, and the door isn't locked. Nobody appears to be there. And both Conan and Hattori leave the area with a plan in mind. We see both of them searching for Kamada throughout the ship. Conan finds some blood on the floor, a bullet casing, and a strange letter in the maintenance room. Meanwhile, Hattori finds a crumpled up piece of paper in the washroom near the restaurant. The letter is written by Furukawa Masaru. And tells him to meet him in the maintenance room. They then find a bullet mark to the burnt head in the box. And determine that the body is actually Kamada's. So the watch being there must have been some misdirection calling. Yeah, this was kind of cool. Um, I I remembered that this was an aspect of the case from the first time I watched it. But um, yeah, I think it's just a, it's just a neat to ask, like thing to ask add in like for the culprit to do um not not that it was entirely successful but still tori's letter says to meet at the back of the boat it says it was left for kujirai as two crew members saw him at midnight yelling hey i'm here um i hope nobody notices me screaming at the back of this boat (laughs) i'm trying to be very inconspicuous hey i'm here then went back to the rec room and the crew waited to see if anybody else was coming but nobody else arrived the culprit fired his gun on the upper deck, then set fire to the flag. Everybody ran up to see the commotion. They went down to the box and lit it on fire. Tori says they already know who the culprit is, and it's just a matter of time until they figure everything else out. So Conan and Hattori compare their deductions here, but they actually wind up disagreeing on a number of points. 
And they mentioned that this is the first time since their very first meeting, where it was Shinichi versus Hattori, that they've basically disagreed on every single aspect of a case. And remember, Conan wound up being correct there, Shinichi. So we'll find out who has it correct here. And they decide yeah. to have another deduction match tonight. Who, who would you bet on, Colin? Mm, oh, that's a tough one. I mean, pre- previous experience will tell us that Shinichi uh, has got it right most of the time. Um, well, certainly versus Heiji. So I guess I would bet on on Conan. How about you? Oh, Hattori. My Skew Shinichi, he's, he's a lame like... boy. <laughs> Shinichi can't even show up to solve the case. He'll just, I'm going to call a friend. <laughs> I'm going to put this guy to sleep and then pretend to be him to solve this case. What a coward. Samazaki is outraged to find out that Kamado wasn't in his room and says he'll look for him. Kerrigo tells the rest of the passengers to stay in the room, but Nagisa points out that since he's a detective and Samazaki's retired, neither of them have the legal right to keep them restrained. So she will do as she pleases. She then blows smoke in Kogoro's face and says, I'll be resting in my room. Man, she's so rude, Colleen. Bad attitude. I mean, she she knows what she wants to do and she's just going to go for it. Kujirai and Minoru then decide to go to their rooms as well. So we at this point you're like, oh, more people are gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> we then see Hattori searching for a person on the ship. Meanwhile, Conan asks employees for a good hiding spot. He gets punched by Kogoro for wandering off. Tori then discovers something and he says that both him and Kudo were wrong. So I guess nobody wins the deduction show. Which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh I actually like when they're wrong sometimes it kind of humanizes them a figure then approaches him and they actually attack Haiji and we see him fall overboard into the water and Conan actually hears it somehow despite being like inside the ship and super far away from Hattori he's like my Hattori sense is tingling are you okay Hattori (laughs) well that's the thing he felt it he's like it's uh, like an intuition thing. Kagor is like, man, the boat just hit some fish. Come on. Crazy kid. <laughs> no, his best friend is in danger. And we get quite the shot of Haiji in the water because it's like the the vessel's like, like motor is going to fucking run over his body in the water. Does not seem like a, a good scenario for Haiji. No. <laughs> he... Ugh, I mean, I, I don't know if they wanted us to believe that he was going to die, but it certainly looked like a viable option. Like, Haiji always gets the short end of the stick uh, in his episodes. He He's always the one that gets hurt. Oh, yeah. He, he's resilient, though. He keeps coming back. Very true. He, well, he needs to come back to return the money that people send him. He's such a good boy. Conan is sure that he heard the sound of somebody falling in the water. So he asks employees if they've seen Haiji. They say that he borrowed a flashlight earlier. Conan believes that he went outside to find something. And that it could have been him falling into the water. But he says, impossible. 
how can something like that happen to him? Counting if only you knew. Something <laughs> like this is going to happen to him like every time he appears in the future. That's right. Just accept that Haiji's the one who has to get hurt. Conan runs outside screaming for Hattori. He receives no answer. As Conan's screaming, we see a hand reaching out for him. Very reminiscent of the attack. Did you think Conan was going to get thrown overboard as well? No. One detect like high school detective is enough. So it winds up being Minoru who tells him that it's he's being dangerous and could fall in. Behind him are Kujirai and Nagisa, who says, Us tiny humans are powerless to the big waves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ron then finds the kid, and Kegura says, Satori is probably just looking for clues somewhere. And Ron says, That's right. Don't worry about him. He'll show his face sometime. And while Ron's reassuring Conan, it causes Minoru to have a flashback. And it, was this the same woman as before, as uh, his daughter? It looked similar. Yes, it was. So he says, Yo, Yoshime! <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Ron notices the reaction. And he says, It's nothing, you just sounded like a person I knew. <laughs> I hardly knew them. I just remember their name and... How they sound. How their hair smells. <laughs> their blood type. The sound of their voice. Kegara asks why they were all outside, and it turns out that Nagisa asked them both there to look for something. It turns out that she lost a pendant, and that she asked them for her help to search for it. Ron then pulls out a locket with a photo inside and asks if it's hers. And she says that the chains came off and it was dropped on the bow of the boat. That winds up being it. And Ron asks if the person holding the girl is her father. Nagisa confirms it is hers. And Kegra's like, Ron, why the hell did you just keep that for so long and not return it? And she says that there was a hole in the father's head. And she couldn't tell who it was. So this made me think that maybe it wasn't like some lovingly father-daughter thing and maybe it was like the person she hated and she was i don't know she seems like a psychopath so i would not put it (laughs) past her if she has like this is the man who i'm hunting and then he got his face changed so now i have to put a pull through his face because it doesn't help me find him i don't know that's where my mind was going here oh that's a that's one interpretation that's probably more <laughs> intriguing and interesting than what is actually going on. Uh, so Nagisa says this is all she has left of her father's image. And that's when Kujirai looks on, shocked. He says, he's alive! <laughs> no, he doesn't say it. <laughs> but all this guy does is, like, look shocked. That's his whole purpose of this entire two-hour specials. Two hours of Kujirai fucking standing <laughs> shocked and being like, oh. What? I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I said he's alive. Like, So, uh, what do you think about this half of an episode, Colleen? <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of feels like we're forcing there to be a two-parter. So, um, uh, oh, Let's see. Wow. <laughs> what? Oh, this woman. Every, I can't, everything I say comes off as an insult. I don't even mean it to. 
I'm like, I'm trying to just think of, uh, my, my impressions of this first part and I'm going to try and ignore how I felt about the entire episode. Um, so I, I liked, <laughs> okay. I liked it. Um, uh, but I was also very confused at a lot of what, what was going on. And I think what contributed to that was that like the, all of the gang members, all their names started with K. So whenever they talked about somebody, I couldn't remember which one was which. So it's like, is that's why this note taking is, that's partially why it's (laughs) taking so long to get this damn notes done. Because I have to go to the wiki page and figure out whose name is what each time. Because I cannot remember three guys with, like, very close names that all change their damn faces. And it's like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, I, I hear you. Like, I am saluting to you that you do take the notes because I don't think I, I'd be able to. Um, so, yeah. You I did a really good like, job with the notes, y'all. You did half you the episode did. in two weeks, Tyler- y'all. Y'all, everybody, Tyler did a wonderful job with the notes. And that sounds even more sarcastic. <laughs> I, it's just the way I talk. I don't know what to say. Um, so, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I was confused a little bit. I was like, okay, I need to watch the rest of the episode, obviously. I even went to the manga because I was like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm understanding what's going on. Um, but I was enjoying it. I, uh, I liked the kind of, um, the Agatha Christie kind of old school mystery we were getting, like all these people gathered on one boat and they have some common thing between them. Uh, so that was really working for me. Um, Haiji being in the episode was great. Always love to see him. (laughs) I I was a, a tiny bit annoyed though when, um, they seemingly announced this you know detective duel between him and conan and then i don't know like four or five minutes later haiji you know falls off the ship so it's like okay well i was you know prepared to see them battling out like battling their battling wits and um haiji's gone so i was a little disappointed in that but that's okay uh <laughs> There was one funny moment between them, though, that um, when Conan, so they separated for a bit and they come back and kind of compare the evidence that they find and that they found. And Conan was like, "Okay, well, I found this. I think he finds an actual like bullet casing. I could be wrong. But anyways, he's like, I found like this blood stain and I found this and I found that. And then Haiji's like, well, I found this note in the garbage can. It's just, I don't know, there was something about it that uh, made me feel like, okay, well, why is Heiji like... I mean, it was an important clue, but it just made it sound like he did a lot less work and he found something the in The really should have went first there because coming after, Conan's like, I found two things in a note. The Tori's like, well, my note was crumpled up. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I I did I I found that super funny and there are other really ni- good comedic moments uh, with the lizard as we mentioned and uh Ron being such a hu- hustler. 
Um, so yeah, I thought uh, this half of the episode was really good. Um, very intrigued to find out how it ends and uh, what happened to Haiji. Hopefully he's okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good start to the episode. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, like you were saying, it was a bit disappointing when they bring up the prospect of a duel between the uh, the two detectives, and we don't really get that, because poor Tori's getting shoved off the ship. Although that, that kind of just makes it all the more shocking as well. I definitely wasn't expecting that. You know, you, you think this is, oh, this is going to be two hours of Haiji and uh, Shinichi solving cases, but no, he gets pushed off the damn boat. So that's definitely a, a different way to handle that. But uh, yeah, I, I like the first episode. I'm really intrigued in the mystery because I have no clue where it's going. Like Some of the stuff's starting to come into place here, but I'm still not really... I don't have everything fully figured out yet. So it's a good mystery. Uh, the case is interesting. We have all these characters where it seems like it's a very personal case for them. So I'm interested in seeing how that all comes together. I want to learn why this woman's such a bitch. Uh, there's a lot of questions to be resolved here. Yeah. Especially about Haiji. Like, what's going to happen to him? Tune in next week to find out. And so before we get out of here, we do want to give thanks to our Patreon listeners, medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and Big Chief Mason. Thank you all for the support. We'll be back soon with the other half of this episode and before we leave colin since you did see the whole thing give us a conan's hint for part two <laughs> uh <laughs> i really hope that it's what's written right there um the conan's hint for oh uh, tennis I, I guess we haven't seen the tennis ball yet have we or was that the ball that uh was in the box or something oh that's so true oh my gosh i okay i totally messed up right there because <laughs> i thought that there was another conan's hint um yeah we haven't actually seen the tennis ball yet so okay, obviously so. it's such a prominent hint yeah so soon we'll figure that out we'll learn about the tennis ball we'll cover the rest of this episode but uh Apologies for us spreading this across two podcasts, but just circumstance. I know it's not ideal, but I figured it'd be better to have an episode than to not have an episode. <laughs> so yeah, we still went an case hour. Reopen goodness. It's not That's like right. it was like us going halfway through a twenty-two minute episode. We still we covered more like content than we normally do, as far as like. Uh, minutes wise for of Conan so just saying no it's perfect Tyler you know that sounded so sarcastic oh yeah it's real <laughs> perfect yeah real perfect great notes too y'all yeah. <laughs> alright we're done we'll see you next week <laughs> goodbye well hopefully hopefully we see you next week <laughs> bye everyone and remember when truth always prevails one truth always prevails, y'all. <laughs>